Hi, welcome to another episode of The Two Half Squads. I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. We're back. They are, we are back. It is uh, May 2nd, 2008, and this is episode number four. Episode four, and uh, on Sunday, just uh, five days ago, we went live with the podcast, put it on the, the internet, uh, Sunday night at about 7 o'clock. That was pretty exciting. We put fir- the first three episodes out there. And um, I-, I have to say, I'm pretty excited. It was it has gotten very good response. So. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Jeff put most of the work into the tech end of that. I'd really like to thank Jeff here. and um, Let's embrace. <laughs> no, people are listening. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, I had gotten the emails from, first one up was from... Um, Jeff's wife and saying about oh sounds good stuff and, and I thought oh, wait we're up we're on and the next one was yeah. like Jeff saying oh here's the link here we go and it was exciting clicked in there um, he sent a list of where people had hit us from um, Australia yeah it's really interesting the service we use gives us a list of uh, the IP addresses and where what country they're from so we got hits from Italy France Australia Spain. Austria, that's different from Australia, isn't it, Dave? Austria, yes, they're yeah, two different I'll, I'll, places. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, quite exciting. And, yeah, very exciting. Um, I don't get excited about a whole lot of things. In fact, my wife's always kind of saying, um, well, we're going to see Les Mis this weekend, you know. Are you excited about that? Eh, no. Yeah. I mean, it'll be cool. It'll be great. <laughs> um, or, what? you know, what else? We've got, uh, oh, school starting. I teach. And uh, school starting again soon. Are you excited about the new year? Ah, no, you know, it'll be great, I'm sure. You know, I just don't get excited. And I actually caught myself, oh, boy. <laughs> you yeah. know, like like Flounder from uh, Animal House, I think. Isn't this great? Right? Didn't he do that? You didn't see Animal House? Uh, it's Actually, it's been, uh, since, I haven't been Many since, years? Yeah, it's been a long time. All right, I'll Since college. Um, but I was, very, I was really excited, too. I was high-fiving myself. And, uh, <laughs> Because Dave and I didn't see each, Dave only lives uh, fifteen minutes, ten minutes away, but we we haven't seen each other since we went live. So um, right, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard to to just communicate through the technology with the web pages and the, the comments on the threads and all, and and get that excitement out of you because there's just you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. So we thought we'd share some of that excitement with you today and and take a look at some. Listener mail. Yeah, we've gotten uh, really some very nice comments. We haven't had any bad comments. I'm really looking forward to the. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm not. No. The first bad comments. No, yeah, no, 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 no. We're actually we not, but comments. we're sure they'll come some point. Yeah. Um, no, we've gotten very good response. I, I posted a number of places. Um, first place I posted was on uh, Game Squad, which I have up here. And if I could share a couple comments we received. Uh, one of my favorites. Oh, get the heck out. That is way too cool. From Scott. Thank you, Scott. And I think he said that before he even listened to it. <laughs> uh, from another Scott, said, Superb, I own The Great Beast and some supplements, but I haven't taken the big plunge into it. This show will certainly inspire. Well, we hope we've inspired you to try the game, Scott. We would like to inspire, really, lots of people, lots more people to get involved in the game. Absolutely. And hopefully, um, with you know future episodes, we're going to do spots for uh, newbies and we're, we're going to have all kinds of stuff that are that's going to help new players as well as the seasoned players we hope so we hope um lee had said far out man it's so cool my day and myself i like that podcast it would be cool if they do more well we plan to do a lot more and another one from ben great podcast guys thanks it had me laughing out loud you're forgiven for dropping my name without permission did we use his name i didn't think we used his name we I, used we talked about ben clark oh and this is if we, in, this is another ben i think yeah. but this is not ben dover is it <laughs> no ben somebody else okay but anyway our apologies if we if we did and um or if you'd like us to drop your name we uh, could drop us a few bucks sure <laughs> absolutely hit that donate button did we get any donations yet, Jeff? Um, my wife donated. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And she so. actually listened to the podcast and really enjoyed it. And, and she did donate because we wanted to test that it worked. And, oh. <laughs> and it does. And that's the only one. Which yeah. is all right with us at the moment, I suppose. We're just real excited you guys yeah. are enjoying the, yeah. the product. We're not, we're not in it for the money, obviously. It costs us a few bucks to do this, but yes. Yeah. We can just, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, is it tax deductible? 
Uh, no, I don't think no, so. I don't think so. Unless we make it a church. Um, and then I have another comment here from Mike. Uh, hi, Jeff. Hey, what about me, Dave? Uh, the podcast sounds great. When you mentioned it at our ASL meeting, oh, that's why I saying hi to Jeff. I had no idea you'd already started working on it. Keep them coming. And Colin says, yep, I thought the first podcast was a good effort. I'm downloading the others now. We hope we can at least rate it good, if not a little better for you. So, uh, and we got some nice comments from, uh, here's one from uh, Alan, who said, uh, thanks for this, guys. Just listened to 18 minutes of number three and found it very enjoyable to listen to. You know, I, and about the one gentleman saying he enjoyed it and was laughing out loud, I have to confess I listened back to them after you posted them, and I was laughing out loud at us. But, you know, I think I'm very funny, so... Yeah. <laughs> Just ask me. <laughs> There's two people. There's two people that think we're funny, <laughs> which is always good. So um, thanks, everybody. Again, thank you. Your comments are really important to us, and if you could just, if you're on the, the site, it just takes a second to click in and leave a comment. We like to know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear. We always want to uh, hear what you'd like more of or less of. So uh, let us know. Right. Um did you going to do more comments from that? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Um. I, I did want to just take a minute and thank uh, our friend Joe uh, uh, for joining us in the broadcast foxhole last week because uh, I didn't make a big enough deal out of it. Joe's a great guy, and I really I love listening to his stories. Yeah, great stories. And our, um, not all of our guests will probably have those that background to bring to the show, but um, we would like to bring on more of our friends Um and maybe some other people uh, as the show develops. Yeah, and Joe, he brought me, uh, I didn't show you this, Dave, but this is, uh, I'll hold this up for everybody to see. This is actual sand from Iwo Jima. You can hear it's in a, it's in a jelly Shaking. jar. Shaking, that's some yeah, hard it's sand. A, it's in a jelly jar. Uh, but he brought this. How did you get sand from Iwo Jima? Uh, well, Joe had a, I guess Joe had a bucket full or something. Oh, I want some for the classroom. Yeah. So, so thank you, Joe, for that. All right, and we just wanted to give a shout-out to Dave Goldman, who lives here in the Chicago area and um, had some nice comments for us and wanted to just kind of respond to some of the things that were said about uh, experiences with tournaments. Yes, um, and and Dave runs a gaming group, too, I think, around Oak Park. That's right. Um, he does a fantastic job with the tournament. Um, the ASL Open. The ASL Open. And actually, everyone I've been at has been a wonderful experience, and so we got very negative um, on that, and we thought we could be a little more positive. Yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to to doing uh, his tournament, and he's volunteered to come and sit with us in the in the foxhole and do a show one time, so yeah. we're looking forward to that. Right, and, so, and, and future guests we're going to bring on, too, are, are going to be big fans of tournaments, I'm sure, and... Um, have more endurance than we do. Yeah. <laughs> Sharper minds. Here are some comments from the uh, Podbean website, from the Two Half Squads website on Podbean. We have anonymous, somebody named Anonymous. I've seen him before, <laughs> actually. Uh, hey, guys, way to go. I'm enjoying listening to you, and you make ASL sound very fun. Well, thank you, Anonymous, for saying that. Uh, Murray said, great stuff, love it. Thanks, Murray. Another Anonymous, thanks a lot for this... New Wargaming Podcast. I am your French fan base. Keep up the good work, guys. Oh, yes. He sent us an email also at our Gmail account. By the way, if you want to email us, not put something on the website, you can email us at thetwohalfsquads at gmail.com. What is that again, Jeff? Thetwohalfsquads at gmail.com. And we may get a phone number with an answering machine on it at some point so people can post their video questions or audio questions to us. Uh, what other comments do we have? Uh, Preacher95 said, congratulations. Uh, the chemistry between you two and your informal chatty style, he likes that. Good, because we can't, we can't be any more professional. <laughs> we don't know how. We and don't know. He sent another one, and he asked about subscribing on iTunes. Now, oh, I yes. he clicked on the iTunes button on yeah. my MacBook, and I got it subscribed to. Really? Didn't I? I don't know. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> no, I, I did. There. I swear I did. 
Well, there's some sort of there are there are some iTunes settings here on the website, and I I started playing with them, but it was late at night, and I, I didn't finish it, so I'm not sure. I think if you're on iTunes and you do a search for Advanced Squad Leader, we won't come up. That's probably correct. Yes, that is correct. I did try that too. Yeah. So we want to fix that if we can. Yeah. If we're worthy. I'm going to try. Of being though, there. I hate to say this, but I am not an iTunes user. I use a the Sansa MP3 player using the Rhapsody service. Kaching. Did they? Pay they haven't say. paid for this spot, but um. So, uh, but anyway, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So may I subscribe on iTunes? I guess maybe you can't, but I I have iTunes and I you know, on my computer, my MacBook. Um, and I just kind of clicked on the iTunes icon on our website, and it started downloading the episodes. All right. So, I don't know. We'll figure that out. Okay. Uh, more comments? Uh, Alan said, long live Radio ASL. I like yes. that, Radio ASL. Radio for yes. Europe. Ex- excellent presentation, banter, and chemistry in the discussion. Interesting subjects. Thanks for mentioning Game Squad. Oh, Alan, yes. I think Alan is, is somebody big on Game Squad. Oh. Maybe a, a a moderator or something. I'm not sure. Looking forward to getting to know you better through this medium. Yes, Alan, we'd like to know you too. Suggestions. Uh, if you hear from newbies, actually we've got a number of suggestions about um, wanting us to spend some time for neophyte players yes. and for players that might be interested in getting involved in the game. So we definitely are going to spend some time on that that stuff. Starting with the next show, I'm going to have a newbie Segment. Well, we kind of started with basic rule, right, uh, and then advanced rules or, or advanced yeah. uh, basic um, advice and then advanced advice. Yeah, so we'll continue that. We'll continue that. Uh, also, we said about the jargon and ASL that we slip into when we speak about the game. I'm, I'm not sure I can break out of that habit. I'll, can I slap you around a little yeah. more and happen? <laughs> yes, you just slap me. Around. Can I slap you around anyway? Yes, even if it doesn't happen. Uh, sure. All right. Um, so we'll try, I guess, Alan, but I can't promise anything there. David Carroll said, are you going to submit this to iTunes? We already covered that. And um, uh, my favorite from Giancarlo, who said, very great. I should want to have a ASL radio also in San Marino, Italy. Italy. With a bunch of exclamation points. Yeah. Thank you, Giancarlo. I am thrilled that you're listening from Italy. In fact, I think I sold something to you on eBay, one of my ASL products. <laughs> Let me know if you got my thing. Whatever that was, I shipped out to you. Yeah, I think that's I great. Uh, there, we got we have people listening from all over the world, which is so exciting. No one left comments on episode one. That's fine, because I guess you wait till you get to the later episodes. I'm still going to work on the episode one and two so that those will stream correctly from the website, because they're easier to listen to that way. So, But we'll announce that and later. And Joe said on episode two, very well done. Keep them coming. Thank you all very much. And... I think we've patted ourselves on the back enough now. Yes. And thanks for putting up with that listening audience. But, we're again, we're just so excited. We're very excited. About our feedback. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah, pat us on I'm the loving back. myself. There. Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. Now, That's I'm, I'm with the real important yes. stuff. You know, for some reason, I'm more nervous doing this episode than I was our first episode, Dave. Yes. I think because I think people are listening. Now, I think, now we know people are listening. <laughs> I think it's in the hundreds, which is very good. Kind of scary. Favorite scenario, Jeff? Oh, that this is would be the perfect time for a favorite scenario. Why don't Why don't you start? Well, I've chosen subterranean quarry from Partisan. I know that's my second choice from Partisan because I forgot my other scenario at home, and Jeff's box of Partisan is staring me in the face. <laughs> and I looked over there and said, "I really liked subterranean quarry." Now, what's unique about this one? And I know some people are not fans. It takes place in eastern Crimea in January of 44, and it features some partisans that you roll for randomly on a chart, and um, the standard partisan groups, a couple light machine guns and uh, the normal squads with some leaders. Uh, the Romanian assault troops, 548s and 20 of them, and good leadership, well, medium leadership, and a four flamethrowers. Of course, everyone loves those flamethrowers until you roll that 10. Uh, what happens when you roll a 10? They run out of fuel. Oh. <clears throat> and Which mine seem to do quite often. Don't they blow up very easily when they get shot? Uh, you do have a neg one when you fire at a unit carrying the flamethrower. 
Just an egg one. Yeah, just an egg one. Okay. Kind of simulates that. Anyway. Yeah. The... Um, board one is used here, and you're just, what's fascinating is you're just using the road hexes, the street hexes, mm-hmm. and board four is a, is a board that's supposed to be above board one. Board one represents the sewerage system, and board four is the top level. So, so this is a real, very three-dimensional. It, it, yeah, it is. Well, of course, once you descend yeah. down into the sewerage system, you're just, you know, back to one board. And some people have told me, you know, well, I don't like that one as much. There's no movement options and all this. But, again, I think I just love the, the imagery of imagining these guys plowing through the sewers here with flamethrowers trying to root out a bunch of um, partisans that are all holed up down there. I think it may be supposed to represent the tunnel system. That really helped me when I was first started playing after I got over the huge uh, brain um, spasm I was having trying to learn the rules was creating the image in my head of what was going on, which yeah. uh, really makes the game a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I think that is true. Um, yeah, this was a quarry where they had dug out soft stone for building houses, and they were living in this quarry underneath there. And and, um, and it's pretty, it is t- tactically pretty simple. You, you know, you just move in there, but... Um, firing and at each other point blank. I think you can't, you know, see very far at all in there. And um, I just enjoy it. And if you haven't played Subterranean Quarry, I'd recommend it. I've probably played it three or four times. Of course, back in the day of Partisan, you didn't have a lot of scenarios to choose from. So you repeated a lot of those early games. Whereas today, you're just trying to keep up and play this vast quantity of official MMP products as well as the amateur lines, like Critical Hit and so on. And the Partisan module can be had for um, $15, I think, is what they're selling it for on the MMP website. I don't know if that's a closeout. That could be a closeout because they're, don't they include a lot of these components in uh, uh, what's the last major module that just came out? Um, Armies of Oblivion. Yeah, man, maybe they do. That could be why they're closing this out. But in any event, you can get yeah, it for fifteen dollars, and you don't you don't need a lot of obscure boards and things to play it. Correct. I highly recommend grabbing it before it's gone. Yeah. Um, of course, you know it'll be a collector's item too, as well as they're phasing out par- a paratrooper. Yes, and I would like to talk at some length about that whole thing at some point, Dave. Maybe we won't do it this show. Maybe next show. But I'd like to talk about the why it's so hard to get some of these items and whole philosophy behind that and my my anger i'd like to take my anger out you look like an angry young man <laughs> i'm feeling it uh well i don't have i think you're, you're just becoming a crotchety old man i, th- I think i am i've always wanted to be crotchety um i'm continuing my uh, favorite scenario being the scenario that i'm playing with joe which is more than a scenario we're playing the campaign game of, of tarawa and uh, oh can i interrupt we had a request to get pictures up I will put pictures up. Joe has taken some pictures, and I will put those on the website with uh, the show notes. Okay. So, um, look for those. Uh, We are on about turn three. I think we're just starting (laughs) turn three. (laughs) Sorry, but it just is so humorous to me. Yeah. It's really uh, it's interesting because I, I was there last week and I was there for three hours and we got three quarters of the way through the Marines uh, phase of the turn. <laughs> so it's it's really something. I mean, it's fascinating and it's, it's, it's definitely going to keep us interested for a long time. But I'm really, I'm already starting to panic. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems pretty easy because, you know, if you know the battle... The, uh, the Japanese set up, and, and the Marines come in, and the, the Japanese kind of mow them down, and you can, you can set your guys up to really mow these guys down, but there's huge waves of, of Marines coming in on landing crafts, and uh, you, you can't get them all. Uh, I've been trying, but I can't get them all, and I'm starting to second-guess myself, should I have set up the way I did, because um, I set up a number of pillboxes on beach hexes so that... Um, or, or at least adjacent to the seawall, so that I could fire out. Yeah, and the into interland the, hex. 
Uh, well, in the hinterland hex adjacent to the seawall, though. Yeah, so not I can on shoot the actual out. beach. No, not on the okay. beach. No, not. I'm, I'm sorry, not on the beach, but uh, just adjacent to the seawall, so I could shoot out into the ocean. And um, that's worked fine, but Joe is already starting to land troops. And as soon as he comes over the seawall, those guys are going to get quickly clobbered. So I'm already thinking, ah, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should have held back longer and waited till they got at least on the beach. I don't know, and catch them coming over the seawall. You know, it's uh, it, it's a real it's a real struggle for me because he's always he's already getting a toehold on the uh, on the beak of uh, the red beach. When he when like when he goes to the bathroom, can you like remove some of his counters off the board? Oh, now that's an idea. I'd recommend that. <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny because we, we were playing the other night and uh, we hadn't played for two weeks. So I was looking at the board and I saw all these, I saw all these artillery counters on Black Beach, which <laughs> is on, uh, what is it, the south side of the island, I believe it is, the south side of the island. And I didn't remember putting those there. And I thought, wow, I got all these artillery pieces here. I don't remember those. I got to get those into position somewhere. And like... For about an hour, I kept wondering, because I couldn't remember placing those. (laughs) Finally, I said to Joe, you know, I don't remember these artillery pieces. I mean, maybe I had a stroke or something while we were (laughs) tonight, a little earlier on. Was I slurring my words or anything? He said, no. Oh, he said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I took away some of the trench trench counters because I needed them for another game. And I replaced them with (laughs) artillery counters. (laughs) So he brought back the trench counters. I put him on there. I thought, oh my god, that was a relief. I thought I was losing it. <laughs> he should use pennies when he does that kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's a better that. idea. I don't think he can afford pennies. Though. <laughs> Not a game of that size. <laughs> so it's progressing well. It's it's going a little slow, but um, but it's it's very interesting. And uh, I've already gotten uh, mm, I've got killed a dozen uh, landing craft and and a bunch of troops. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also kind of struggling with the idea of uh, getting my guys across the island because as because the turns go so slow and I can only move, you know, four to six movement points. Um, it's kind of slow going getting guys running across the island. So yeah, I thought got to be patient. I thought I had made a note. I don't see it here now to ask you about. You had a for a reserve force or something. You thought you were going to be moving. Right, I had some reserve forces on on the south side of the island set up, and I need to move those across the island to get them into the action. Okay, and how is that? That's the one you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so they've got and they've got some equipment they've got to be bringing across, and some and. What are the victory conditions? Do you remember for the whole campaign? Kill all the bad guys. (laughs) I think it's kill all the bad guys, something like that. Survive. Survive. Does he have to wipe out the whole island? No, I think. No, I think it's. uh, I need to get a number of victory points, and I don't know what it is. It's some ungodly number, but I I think (laughs) if I just if I hang on and get enough victory points, I can automatically win. Yeah, I can win. Or if he takes land, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's going well. I'll keep you guys up to date. But next next time, I am going to have. uh, favorite scenario of a different kind. Okay. Well, although I do like the update, but... <laughs> I'll keep you updated. <laughs> when, when I don't think we need an update for every three quarters of a turn. Yeah. <laughs> be 90 years old, I'll be... In, I'm, we're in turn six. And I'm feeling in, good. In the retirement home. I'm feeling happy. <laughs> um, oh, I did want to add something I forgot earlier, if I can. Um, I had said something about my dad. Um, let's see, Joe had said that his dad had taught him gaming. And, uh, you know, my dad was always like, I, I think I talked about the, the famous pitcher for the baseball league that played. And oh, that right, kind of yes. gave some credence to me playing these silly games. Right. It was my dad's attitude. But, you know, I do want to say, Dad, I love you. You always support me and everything. My dad's fantastic. So I also wanted to, to make sure I, I got that out there. Um, he was always there for all of my activities, and he's a, he's a great guy. But it also made me think about the generational differences. Think about the guys who, um, in the past, uh, I was thinking about movies, popular movies. You know, they were they were serious films. They were films with storylines, um, films about almost you know, human relationships. And somewhere in there, we've moved to these 
you know, from Star Wars on to this fantasy. I mean, look at Lord of the Rings, space epics, uh, all these kind of films. It's almost like this generation now, we're not afraid to say, hey, we're kind of kids at heart. Mm, yeah. We'll play squad leader. Right. We'll go to a movie like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I think people my dad's generation uh, maybe became, you know, mature and put away these childish things. And, you know, I think there was a stigma on you if you obviously played a board game. Maybe they didn't exist, I guess, before the 60s either, right? Well, uh, actually, well, yeah, that's true. The wargaming goes back to one of the one of the first proponents of wargaming was H.G. Uh, Wells. Right, that is very correct. Big, very big wargamer. Yeah, but I just thought I'd kind of mention that. Yeah, you guys can think about that. Is our generation more willing to you know continue with our childish uh, things in quotes? You know, I guess maybe they used to play Monopoly. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think my dad was into games much anyway, and he, and he you know, so it's something to think about. Well, and I, uh, being somebody who came on to gaming very late in life, um, I'm rediscovering uh, my lost childhood by playing all these games. And yeah. Having a, yeah, really having a great time. Because you were... Because <clears throat> my dad didn't teach me games. But my dad was in the Navy in World War II. We might have him on one he time. He was. Because he was in the amphibious force in the Navy. He was. Uh, he joined when he was 17 years old. He lied about his age and got in. And uh, he was an engineer on a uh, landing craft. They landed um, vehicles and material. It was a larger landing craft, medium-sized landing crafts. So they oh. they were they were there not usually at the very beginning of the action, but uh, once the beach was taken, they they'd go on and unload all their equipment and things like that. But he saw plenty of action in the South Pacific. Yeah, let's definitely yeah. have him. So we'd like to have him. Fantastic. He's got some amazing stories. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I had one other thing I wanted to mention too was the the multi man publishing update. Um, we were going to do uh, what's in the box. I was going to bring my Valor of the Guards. Oh, you I, actually got it! I finally got it. Oh my gosh! Um, I had mentioned that I had phoned them and got no response, and you know was maybe you know being a little too harsh on MMP. And so Brian Use got back to me uh, within several days. Um, and forwarded an email. I contacted the customer service and somewhere else. And um, my card had expired, my Visa card. So I had to, you know, get the new numbers to them. And they were very prompt in getting it out. They were very polite. Um, so I want to give you, give them thanks and some praise after questioning their customer service that they took care of me real well. And um, I hope they're listening. I hope so too, because I also then followed up with a reply to Brian about uh, a, a silly request I have about getting my name on a counter uh, <laughs> and also asking him about being a guest on the show. Oh, and that'd I, be great. I haven't heard back from him yet on yeah. those. So suddenly it went dead. <laughs> let's get. Let's put um, some pressure on them. Well, it might be neat, but, you know. Anything can happen. I mean, if Oprah can appear on David Letterman, certainly Brian could appear on the two half squads. There you go. So, And uh, following up with that on the customer service at MMP. My wife, uh, when my birthday was coming up, my wife uh, had a couple of ideas, got a couple ideas from Joe, actually, for gifts from me. She called MMP, left them a message, said she desperately needed these things quickly, and they shipped them, and I got them on my birthday. Oh, fantastic. So Glad you shared that. Yeah. So, Hey, Dave, you know what I want to do now? What is that, Jeff? Let's play... What's, what's in the box? Well, this box is Operation Watchtower, again, because I forgot my Valor of the Guards at home. And I think I'm not going to open it yet for several more weeks. As excited as I am about our podcast, I'm no longer so excited about Squad Leader products that I can't wait to open them. I now can wait. You're going to wait? You're going to open it on the air? I think I'll wait. We'll open it on the air next week or two weeks from now. So instead, we grabbed Operation Watchtower off the shelf in Jeff's room. Freshly painted, by the way. Isn't it a nice foxhole? It is beautiful. And here is some nice artwork, Operation Watchtower, Guadalcanal, historical study for advanced squad leader. Have you played this, Jeff? No. This came... uh, on my aforementioned birthday, as part of a package, my wife got me this and the uh, version two rule book. 
Yeah. Well, I tell you what. I She's often, the best. I often, no, my wife's the best. Oh, your wife's the best. My wife's the best. Your wife's, wife's the best. Your wife? All right, we'll talk about that. The, um, I might try these with you if you don't mind. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, I usually play Dave, my friend Dave, and a lot of these things. In fact, currently Dave and I are playing the other historical study, Operation Veritable. And we got about halfway through that because we, like, we like to just, let's play all of these scenarios in, in this theme thing. What's it? What's Operation Veritable about? It's the British-Canadian invasion into, um, oh, I don't know where, but, uh, how, where is it, Holland? German, parts of Germany? They flood certain parts of the area to prevent the British from coming across, the Germans did. Um, oh. So it's got some really unique scenarios in there. Take a closer look at it later. But there's a whole variety of scenarios. Some use boards, some use this big map. Uh, an area with a lot of a lot of fields and stuff in it. Um, so we played half of those through. Then we started play testing for Haka Pale, the upcoming Finnish scenario, which we ah. can talk about on a future show. Yeah. Well, except I'm sworn to secrecy. So oh. I, I contacted the play test manager and have asked, "What can I exactly say about this on the air until you're ready to go with this product?" Um, well, I also have something that I can't talk about. What is it? Well. <laughs> I can't talk about it. But uh, I, actually, somebody contacted me and asked me if I wanted to participate in something that I can't talk about. And so I'm not going to talk Are about it. Are you serious? It. Yeah. I'm serious. Well, what about I'm your friend, though? Well, I can. Here, I'm doing, I'll do hand motions. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> All right. Um, boy, now he's got me. I'm sure, I'm yeah. going to try and pry that out of you. There's no. Well, no, I'll tell you about it. We can't just say I it just on can't the air. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to. In case somebody's listening. I'm not a threat. I'm not going to design. Listening. I'm not going to design the same concept yeah, and no, put it out no, and publish no. it. I do not design scenarios. I don't know how you people find the time to do that. Now that I've offended more people. I saw that there's a book uh, called uh, How to Design Scenarios. For Squad uh, Something leader. like that. For Squad Leader. Yes, Mr. Mark Pitkavich has this no, book. No, you're kidding 72-page Manual on designing advanced squad leader scenarios on his website. You are kidding which looks me. and it looks amazing. It looks very fascinating. Even if you don't really want to design scenarios, okay. just to read this thing would be well. While we're on the subject, it's like seventy pages and it's only twenty bucks. So I'll get you that for your birthday as a surprise. Well, no, I don't want to. I don't have the time to design <laughs> scenarios. Oh, you don't have time. Okay. No, um, but a future show we should talk about maybe. Designing scenarios. If we have anyone that does that, we yeah, could be on our that show. That would be a good guest. Um, but I was always curious about how you equate the attacker versus the defender. What qualitative value does a trench have? We did design some scenarios for miniature play. We did that summer. Joe and I had picked OBAs, and, and we couldn't find. Oh, you know, right, you had yes. to pay for like. It, it just didn't. I didn't feel confident in, in equating the attacker having to cross open ground, you know, what that was worth in, in reduction of troops. It looks like there's always a, at least a um, extra 25% or 33%, a third added to the force that's attacking. Hard to predict, you know. But anyway. Well, I, I don't even understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. So <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I couldn't design. I'm, I think we're too dumb. Could well, we are, but we're not yeah. supposed to admit that. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll edit that out. Oh, it just seems like such work. Well, anyway. It does. Okay. What's in the box? Yes, what's, what is in the box? So well, Operation Watchtower, Guadalcanal Historical Study. This is about 40-some dollars, I believe, on MMP's website. That's probably about right. I'm looking at a lot of scenarios. I'm looking at trying to flip to the end here. At least there's, there's 15, number 15, number 16. Is that probably right? It says on the back, doesn't it? Um, 16 scenarios, mm -hmm. uh, one chapter Z uh, campaign game, 260 half-inch counters, and a map board. And the scenarios in this game use boards, 50, here's one with 15, I mean, we have an inventory of this, we're just flipping through the stuff, go ahead Jeff, grab something, uh, board 52 with an overlay, 32, 
36. You know, they tell you what you need. You need these additional things to what play. What you need are the ASL rule book, all of the core modules, Action Pack 2, and boards 5, 15, 43, and 52. And if you don't have all that stuff, just forget about it. <laughs> just forget about it. Of course, you can play some of the scenarios anyway, so we encourage you to buy this product that we haven't played yet. <laughs> yeah, nice. I don't know if I can play any of these. Oh, I could play that one. comes with a nice map. Oh, yeah, Edson's Ridge. Yeah, I've looked at this before. Um, don't wrinkle my map, Dave. Sorry, sorry. You're wrinkling my map, Dave. Stuff on it. Yeah, it's the nice oh, ridge. Oh, that's huge. It, oh, it's a huge map. One, two, three, maybe a four-level ridge runs across. Edson's Ridge was where the Japanese made these massive attacks trying to take this back. I think it overlooked the airfield or something on Guadalcanal. Um, lots of bonsai attacks at night and the Marines firing away with machine guns and woods. Very wooded. More wooded than I thought it would have been. But I would bet this is fairly historically accurate. I'm sure. Yeah, not a lot of grain out here. I thought there was a grain field. Maybe that's a different part of the island. Um, and what else you got there? Uh... We got some, uh, oh, historical, lots of historical notes. A nice book oh, yeah, with 20-some yeah. uh, pages here of historical notes. And I like those. And what, what are the sections, if you And the mind? designer notes. Designer notes. Um, just an overview of the island. Um, some particulars on the armor that was used. I can't fold up is, your map again, Jeff. Which is, yeah. You're wrecking it's like it now, a, Dave. It's like a, when you're driving, I can't fold the map. Yeah, okay, just wad it up and throw it over there in the corner. It'd be <laughs> fine. So there was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'll iron that. <laughs> so apparently there was some ar armor uh, in use on Guadalcanal. That must have been challenging. Um, some details about the battle for Edson's Ridge. And uh, designer notes. So the designer here's a designer probably that's going to tell you how he what got this, like to what design this, yeah this yeah. crazy idea yeah <clears throat> and some standard counters some additional Japanese stuff uh, and American stuff of course and what's unique here an FPF barrage what's an FPF barrage Jeff uh, final protective fire FPF yeah final protective fire barrage though yeah. Like we said, we're pretty stupid. We yeah. don't get it. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to go to the rule book. Um, Marine Raiders are our picture here also. Ah, uh, that's Raid. good. What are their what are their stats? Five five eights. Ah, there's a parachute symbol on there with assault fire and the Marine symbol also. Yeah, everything's underlined. So, quiz show. What's <laughs> what's the first underline mean on the firepower? Uh... You can say it wrong. Assault fire? It's okay to be wrong, Jeff. Is that, is that assault yes, fire? Yes, it's assault okay. fire. Right, and then good. underlined um, range? Uh, spraying fire. Correct. And so underlined morale? Um, your hair's on fire. <laughs> Wait a minute. It is? Oh, my God. <laughs> Hair has a Oh, yeah, I'm bald. I forget. Um, <clears throat> underlined morale when you fail an, EL, an ELR reduction thing. You go to half squads instead of to a lower level like a conscript. Oh my god. Gotcha. I, that, that, I was going to say that. I, I thought you were. Yeah. And uh, again the section Z notes. So good stuff. Even though we have a lot of good it, stuff. We love yeah. it. Yeah we love it. <laughs> half um, of the fun. Well I don't know. It's hard to break yeah. it into percentages. Just <laughs> just owning the stuff sometimes Yeah, is, is as good as playing it. Ooh I have this. First there's the wanting it, and then there's the getting it, and the having it. What a materialistic society we live in. Yeah, it's true. Um, well, let's put that up on the shelf, and then a couple of years we'll get to that one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's what's in the box. That was yeah. the box squeaky. Dave, uh, can I get you something to drink? Sure, Jeff. How about a beer? Love that opener, Jeff. Yeah, we'd like to thank uh, this nice beverage that Dave brought tonight. Wee Beast. Wee Beast. Scottish Ale. Aye. Brewed in the Isle, Isle of Skye that I have been to, actually, in Scotland. No. Yes, but I didn't bring this back from there. I got this at the local store. 
Well, that yeah, it's a lot easier than stuffing this, uh, you know, in your shoes or whatever. <laughs> you're trying to, to smuggle it through customs. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you, Wee Beast. I think it's time for a quiz show. Who's yeah. up first, Jeff? Well, uh, who's going to show their ignorance first? Oh, I want to show my ignorance. <laughs> All first. right. Then did you? Yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. Go lay it on me. Quiz me. Let me. Okay. Let me quiz you on the infantry counters. You should be able to handle that, right? All right. I'm gonna. You know, have I told you about my learning disability? Yes, you have already. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, you're going to see some evidence of that any right. minute now. Um, we already talked about the firepower underlining stuff. Yeah, which I thought I did very well on that, by the way. Didn't you? Yes, you did. Kind of impressive. I was impressed. What does the box around the morale on the back of a leader counter represent? Uh, how many minutes do I get, or how many seconds do I get before I have to answer this? <laughs> I think time's up. Can I make it? Do you I don't get? Know this? Do I get like an emergency call? A friend I can call? <laughs> no. Huh? No. You don't know this? No. Are you Does serious? that mean he can uh, root? If... No. Everyone can root. <laughs> root? Is there a penalty for his failure to root? I don't believe you don't know this. The spot's th right here in the picture. Well, it's, it's self-rally? Self-rally, all right. Well, yeah. I, I thought all, can't all leaders self-rally? But it's Not still shown by the box. Oh, okay. Well, I, I thought. you that. All right. I said of course, it's, it's self-rally. Correct. And if it's on the back of any, any infantry counter, also it's self-rally. They're allowed Correct. to self-rally during the rally. Phase. Yeah, I think you, uh, the Finns, well, I'm playing Finns right now, I should know this, but they can self-rally. I don't know if they had the box on that, the old counters or not. R on the back of a machine gun counter. I'll expand here. There's an R2. What does that mean, Jeff? Well, that means you have to roll a 1 or a 2 in order to repair that machine gun if it had been, if it had malfunctioned in an earlier. That is correct. You're on a roll 2 for 2. There's an X number on the back. X6. What does that mean? Uh, that means that uh, if the machine gun has malfunctioned, which means you've turned the counter over so that you can see this R and the X, if you roll, uh, when you go to repair it, if you roll a 6, the machine gun is forever broken. Yeah, I think there's a squad leader term for that. Eliminated uh, or just forever broken? Uh, I call it forever broken. It works for me. I make up my own terms. It works for me. Yeah. Uh, you know the root phase? Yeah, because yes. that's the runaway phase for yes. me. Runaway, runaway. Um, no DM on the back of a machine gun counter. No, no, no dungeon master. Yeah. <laughs> no D on the back of a machine gun counter. Yeah. No DM. no DM. Oh, you can't dismantle it. Correct. All right, you are on a roll. Which means what? You have to carry it all assembled. Yes. Oh, that must be cumbersome. That is correct. <laughs> Got encumbered. You have to put it uh, the cumbersome counter on the, yes, on the men as they're running. Would. Yeah, I don't think they have a cumbersome counter. Oh, they don't? No. No, no I'm pretty sure well, maybe about that. Maybe Critical Hit does, or one of those other guys. Okay, on the back of the anti-tank rifle. All right. It says, no long range. Hmm. Does that mean you can't shoot uh, beyond... Yes. Beyond the normal range very of the good. weapon. Sometimes I make them very clear to you. You know, when it, when it goes like this, this all seems to make a lot of sense. Correct. Um, okay, on an anti-tank rifle, one on the front, 1-12. Uh, well, that means the range to the target has to be between 1 and 12 hexes. No. Okay. What I meant was... <laughs> is that what I said? I meant something else. A 1-12. Uh-huh. This is a little more little-known thing. Uh, give me a hint. Can you do it for me in mime? If an infantry squad is a 448, and this is a 1-12, what's the first 4 stand for in the infantry squad? Uh, firepower. So what's the 1? Firepower of one. You can add in this one firepower with the anti-tank rifle when you fire it in a fire group. Oh. Yeah, there's some more to that. Is that why you have a hero fire the ATR? No, there's, you have a leader fire it because then he gets a firepower. Something sneaky about that that people do. I can't think of it right now. If but you 
I'm sure there are people out there answering. They're probably shouting right now into their MP3 players <laughs> the answers to this as they're oh. driving, I'm sure, well, causing look, accidents all over. Take a look at the Panzer Shrek, the PSK. The front of this counter has 12-4. Does, it, does that mean it adds 12 firepower? Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty tough. That's uh, right? awesome, yeah. Right? Very awesome. Don't yeah. forget to use those Panzer Shreks at targets, but I think it has to hit a wall or building hex to trigger the high-explosive anti-tank shell, whatever's in there. Mm. Uh, yeah, you can't fire it at a soft target. or if, To hit infantry, you have to hit a hard surface first. Like, I know a wall, mm, probably a pillbox, I would guess, um, and certainly a building. So how would that work? If you're shooting at Infantry. Infantry. Adjacent to a wall. Yeah, they're, they're behind the wall. Behind the wall. You fire the Shrek and you get the hit. Then you roll on the 12 oh. on the IFT chart. Wow. Infantry fire table chart. <clears throat> okay. So, um, What if they haven't claimed wall advantage? Oh, quit turning the quiz show around yes, on I'm you. Yes, I'm turning it around on you. <laughs> well, here's one oh, for you. Yeah, Wall advantage is something I kind of skimp on, and I know that's not good. Listeners, don't do what I do. Yeah, don't. Um, we just don't claim it. If someone moves by the wall, we just figured, you know, we say, do you want the wall or do you have the wall advantage? And it's, I know it's sloppy. I need to firm that up. I would actually like to uh, do a scenario, few scenarios with you with wall advantage because I was reading in the version 2 rule book uh, this morning. In the introduction, they were talking about some of the differences between the version one and the version two rule book. Okay. One of the things that they said was they elaborate on the rules regarding wall advantage because they thought they were not clear enough in version one. So, um, and they do go through some of the detail about it. So I, oh, okay. I, I, I w- I'd like to really know that one. I should revisit it. Yeah, maybe yeah. we can make that part of a future episode. Yeah. And here, going back to infantry. My Jeff, brain is all hot, it's Dave. A, it is. Like, I there's sparks coming out of my head. I think it's just steam, actually. Um, Looking at an infantry counter, what is the... Say you have an 838. Uh-huh. Okay. Firepower, range, morale, as you said. But there's a little subscript 3 next to the first 8. What does that mean? If you roll a 1, 2, or 3, you need to roll a 1, 2, or 3 to play smoke. Correct. Excellent. I'm very proud of you. And if there's an E in the upper right corner of the counter? That means that that infantry force is elite. And a 1 in that means corner? means they're, they're number 1 in my book. <laughs> oh, oh, first, first line. line. First line Ice troops. 2. Second line troops. A C. Losers. H. Oh, conscripts. Sorry. <laughs> I missed the G. The G? Good guys. I don't know. Green. G? Oh, green. I like, haven't seen any green Yeah, that's because yet. the Germans don't have them. Ah. Americans have a green, and okay. maybe a few other nationalities. I don't, I don't know which ones. Um, so don't quiz me on that. And from an infantry counter, uh, hero on the back, it has a three MF in the upper right hand corner. I don't know. When they're I'm wounded, three movement factors. Oh, when that makes wounded. sense. Three when they're wounded, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All that's so, logic. Jeff, you that's your first quiz show. Well, it was the very, very basics. Yay! Anyone with starter quit starter kit one could answer those questions. That's yeah. That's probably true. Can I quiz you now? You may. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Tell me, Dave. Yes. I'm gonna. We're gonna stick on the same vein, and I'll uh, quiz you on that on counter counter identification. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm going to start you off with a tough one right off the bat because that's the kind of guy I am. (laughs) On an artillery counter, what does it mean when there is a circle around the manhandling number? Darn, I think you got me on that. Circle on the manhandling number? Yeah. Um, Well, if it's red, it's a large target. That is correct. If... It's but that is not what I asked I know. You. I do not know. Do you know? What does it say? I'm feeling pretty good about this. I, you got well, me. of course, I'm reading the rules here. That means there's a uh, hooking or unhooking penalty. No, I did not know that at all. T- tonight, tonight you're smarter. Try me again. I'm going to look all that right, up. All right. All right. 
All right. Um, now I'll, I'll give you an easier one. Um, if there is a horizontal line mm-hmm. above the caliber size, that would be no armor piercing. That's right. That gun cannot fire armor okay. piercing. And that I remember because A comes before H. And if it's underlined, let me jump ahead. Yes. It would mean no high explosives. That's right. Available. Right. So A comes before H. So anyone trying to learn the game, you can remember that A is on top. If it's underlined, it means no A armor piercing. You know, it would be very interesting to see if, if you gave somebody a box full of maps and counters and none of the rules... <laughs> what, what kind of a game would they come up with? That's a good idea. You know? Yeah. We should try that. On vehicles, there are two numbers on the right side of the vehicle underneath the uh, their movement factor. Mm-hmm. That is the armor factors mm-hmm. for both front and then rear and side. Front okay. is the top one. Front is the top one. Okay, and if there is a square, if there is a square around the lower number... What does that mean? That means a square is better than a circle. I remember this because it's harder to crush a box than it is to crush a s- balloon. <laughs> circle. No, I'm serious. This works. Try this, people at home. Yeah. And the box is stronger. So therefore, uh, if there's a square around the lower number, the side armor moves up in its value. And there's a chart in the game that lists the armor values in order. Okay. I can't name them in order, but I bet like so is that? <laughs> Doug or you know Bob could do that. Our friends who are really smart. That's a, a so superior turret. Superior. Armor. Superior turret armor. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Is that what you said? <laughs> Close. <laughs> and I know that. I just messed it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know that. I just didn't know it right now. It's hard to visualize them without seeing them. Yeah. Well, that's true. That is true. But keep All going. right. Uh, in, on the on the back side of a um, AFV. Mm-hmm. AFV, AVF, AFV. Uh, you know I'm dyslexic. America's Funniest Videos. Oh yeah. Armor Fighting Vehicle. Oh okay. Armor Fighting Vehicle. Yes. Okay. Uh, there is a um, an S number. What does that mean? An S smoke. Very good. Availability. That's right. Now, I think there's something to whether it's a small S or a large S, but uh, don't ask me that one. Okay. Oh, well, in all of the examples here, I'm only seeing the small S. Okay. I might be wrong. <clears throat> all right. How about, uh, here's an obscure one. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this isn't it, This isn't that obscure. There is a CS number. That's pretty easy. Crew survival. Okay. Which means what? Um, that once the vehicle's hit and it is... Eliminated, but not a burning wreck. You can roll to see if the crew is allowed to be taken out of the vehicle, brought out of the vehicle, and put on board. And if it's a... Now, I think there's a difference between a small CS and a large CS, which is hard to tell because those letters don't have good capitalization differences. But I think that's true. And the higher the number, the better. And if it's a red CS number... Yeah, I'm seeing a red one here. It means the vehicle might... Become a burning wreck. Uh, I always have to look this up. On one number greater than the normal kill number, I, I might be right. Don't again, folks at home, don't take this as as gospel. No, it, we invite you to look at this up yourself. Yes, we're uh, just encouraging you. We're just giving you some quizzes at home. You can think about this stuff. See what you know. This says uh, the red number up. means brew up. Yes, it becomes a flaming wreck. On I think it's. I'm going to bet it's one number. If you normally Become a flaming wreck on like a four or less. In this case, it's a five or less. Okay. But you never see that until you flip the counter over, and then you forget what you rolled if you if you picked up the dice. But anyway, um, what about you know? There's a letter uh, sticking with the AFVs. Mm-hmm. There is a letter in the upper left hand corner on the front. Upper of the counter. left. Mm-hmm. It's an ID number. Does it go A B C D? Yes, it does. Okay. Just uh, just to identify that vehicle. When you fire that vehicle, you want to use corresponding acquisition counters, those little circles with the, um, to acquire your targets that correspond to the vehicle's ID number. That's right. As well as you could take little secret notes on the side. 
And some vehicles have a circle around that ID. Oh, ID I know wire. that. Because a balloon is lighter than a box, it, <laughs> it has low ground pressure. Am I right? A balloon. No, actually, the circle means high ground pressure. No way. Yes, it Oh, does. okay. I blew it. Sorry. <clears throat> because a, a stone balloon. A box would sit better on the mud. <laughs> I swear this works if you don't mess it up. <laughs> The box, it's better on the mud. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Right? Try to push a box down in the mud. That's true. Okay? Versus a balloon. Much the easier. The balloon has like a pointy end because it's kind of roundy. So it'll go into the mud. It works for me. I think your wife says she has pictures of you in the backyard trying to push, <laughs> push a box <laughs> down into the mud. With my left hand and We'll post those also right. in the show notes. There you go. Try me on something else. Well, um... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing so well. On the, uh, okay. Way. No, you're doing great. I you're doing. Better, I'm but... just. I'm, I'm. I'm just giving you a hard time because it's fun. Yes. Um, how about uh, the red um, movement points? Oh. If a movement point is in red, what does that mean? Yeah, that that is a mechanical breakdown or mechanical reliability roll. And I think it's usually like if you roll box cars when you start the vehicle up. So one of the tricks with these vehicles is. Don't stop them unless you have to. Just keep them in motion. Because uh, when am I you right, listeners? Uh, let's listen. Yes, they. <laughs> yes, they're all agreeing. I can hear them all nodding well, their heads, know. or maybe they're nodding off. Maybe that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Wake up, everybody! All right. Well, uh, I'd, I'd say you passed. Oh, yeah, okay. We can do more yeah, later. There's a lot it. more on those vehicle counters. Oh yeah, we could be There's here a ton. For... But that's the stuff you have to know, right? When you know, and that's I know it, but. If you know those counters, you're going to save yourself a lot of game and time. So oh, yeah. looking up rules, um, go ahead and learn that stuff. I think this system has done a good job of making making some good counters that are very uh, give you a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, huge amounts of information. Yeah. Very imaginative, and when they uh, whoever designed that stuff was excellent. This country is at war with Germany. Join the according to our own. All these shall be restored. But General Vagon calls the Battle of France. You Continuity of our and our The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Yesterday, December As you may know, that montage means there's a history report coming, and Dave has some history for us tonight. What have you got, Dave? Well, I looked up Ch- Captain Charles Upham, and he uh, is from New Zealand. I know we had a listener from New Zealand, so this is for you. He was a laid-back, unassuming kind of guy from New Zealand, a sheep farmer. His nickname was Pug, or Puggy, which was for his pugnaciousness. Very pugnacious. Pugnacious attitude toward authority. In 1940, he went to North Africa with the 20th Battalion, 2nd New Zealand Division. 1941, he was on Crete when the German paratroopers landed on Crete. I think there's some scenarios about that. Um, He led the assault on Malami Airfield, rushing German machine gun positions with hand grenades and a pistol. 
Wow. Um, he took some prisoners and cleared out more positions in the village of Pergos. And he had to retreat from the airfield, and they never took the airfield. The um, British didn't succeed here. He was wounded while he was carrying a fellow soldier to safety. His unit was re retreated. He was shot. He had shot 22 Germans while fighting a rearguard action to prevent, to allow his fellow men to escape. Um, and he routed the enemy that were pursuing his unit. Uh, for that, he got the Victoria's Cross, the VC. In 1942, he was then surrounded in the western desert and uh, near El Alamein. And uh, during a breakout, up and led from the front of his unit, he attacked an enemy column in a wadi, a gully in the mm. desert, tossing grenades down on trucks, um, which we know work real well, squad leader. Uh, he was wounded by his own shrapnel from the grenades he was throwing. And he got his second Victoria's Cross for the, for those activities. Uh, at LLM, I, th I think he had read some one of the sources that he was actually recommended for three VCs, and then they combined the two recommendations to be the, his second award. At El Alamein, um, wounded in a counterattack, yet took out several more machine gun nests. Oh, that was his third VC nomination. They combined them together. Uh, he was, however, soon captured, made a prisoner of war. Of course, he made several escape attempts, as you'd expect from a character like uh, Captain Charles Upham. Uh, he said that after the war, he, uh, it is said that after the war, he never allowed a German-made automobile onto his farm. As he returned to New Zealand, I think people raised money for him to be able to buy a farm, and then he turned that down, took that money, used it for a scholarship fund. Wow. Which also shows his heart, as well as his toughness. Um, they have this VC and a bar. I guess they add a bar to the to the cross award, showing that you had a second one. Something the English do. I'm not. I don't know a whole lot about the award systems here. He also received an African Star, a Defense Medal, a War Medal with an oak leaf, the New Zealand War Medal, and Queen Elizabeth II Coronation Medal and Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee Medal. Uh, he was the most highly decorated soldier of World War II from the Commonwealth of Great Britain. Yeah. Captain Charles Upham was one of only three people to earn a VC and bar. Um, and so, here again, we have a, a hero from World War II uh, that we wanted to honor this evening. Very amazing. Thank you, Dave. Well, uh, I guess that about wraps up our show for this time. Um, you know, just while we've been broadcasting here, we've seen a couple more great comments come, come on. Um, one from uh, Asia Pacific, uh, somebody reporting that we're doing a great job. We always like to hear that. Can't, can't get enough of that. Thank you. And what have we got coming up next time, Dave? I think we're going to have a guest probably, aren't we? Well, we could, yeah, might be nice to mix it up a little. No guest, guest, no guest, guest. Keep yeah, probably every other episode. Or yep. something. Yep. What else do you put up there? We'll do that. We'll probably do some more quiz show. Um, that was, I thought, I had fun. I hope the listeners yeah. enjoyed it. I think it's a good way to learn and quiz yourself, you know, while you're driving, listening to the show. Uh, we'll have more history lessons. Next time I'm going to do a, a history lesson on a particular piece of weaponry. Weaponry. That we're all familiar with in Squad Leader, and we'll talk about where it's, uh, how it was really used during the war. We may hear, we may hear from ASL Widow, an ASL Widow, maybe my own widow, maybe your widow. Could maybe be. Maybe somebody else's widow. My wife wasn't too thrilled to, to think about that. She oh. was... Like, what would I say? You're gone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all the time. It's not all the... You see her once a week or so, don't you? <laughs> At least. Um, we're also going to um, have more listener mail. We'll have some yes. basic training for the newbies out there and yes. some additional information encouraging new players to get into the game. We love that. Are we going to do mud wrestling next time or no? Uh, no, can't. There's probably not going to be enough time for no, mud wrestling. No. Yeah, okay. All right. And uh, lots of other stuff. Lots of other stuff. Uh, so I think it's it's about VASL. Did you post that on the? Yes. Now, why did you do that? <laughs> well, because I think we should get involved with that. I think we should try it out. When am I going to get the time to do VASL? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
We can do it together. Jeff we can posted do it together. this without me, as you can tell. Yeah. And I'm going through it. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, we talked about that. And I got to VAS Auto. And wait a minute. Virtual ASL, for those of you who don't know. And I think this is going to be so time consuming. Maybe we can do it together. And I know one try. of the listeners did say, yeah, do VASL. But there's a lot of people man, that's the only way they get to play because they don't have any. Unfortunately, you know, we're very lucky. We have a lot of face to face players in our area, and they're a lot of great guys. A lot of people don't have that. <laughs> that is true. For the less um, fortunate, we want to, you know, do pay homage to the uh, <laughs> to the vassal. And I guess you may remember from the first episode when I was describing my background that the one guy Wally would drag me kicking and screaming into the next section of the room. Yes, yeah. I guess you're going to take me kicking and screaming into VASL. Yeah, have to, Dave. Actually, I have a friend in California that wanted me to play that with him, but which gets us to a whole discussion about face-to-face versus face-to-computer screen. Right. I, which is, we'll save that for another show. Another show. we got lots coming up, so uh, we're looking forward to talking to you all next time. Thanks for being with us this time. Thanks for listening. And, of course, remember... Burton. Roll low and may the dice Dice be with you, but not when you're playing us. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Now, this has been a production of the Two Half Squads and is copyrighted 2008 and fully owned by its hosts. Listeners are free to use this show in a non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is given to the two half squads.